Welcome to the Thriving Single Moms podcast, the podcast for hardworking single moms navigating the balance between work, family, and self-care. If you're feeling exhausted, yearning for success, and finding yourself stuck in survival mode, this podcast is your guide. Join us as we share secrets and insights to unlock your full potential, empowering you to create the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Jordan Rios, single mom of seven kids, author, and life coach. Get ready to embrace success on your own terms. This is the Thriving Single Moms Podcast. Welcome to the Thriving Single Moms podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rios, and today I'm interviewing Marley Rose Harris. And Marley is a business and money coach here to inspire individuals to step into what feels good and what is in alignment with their highest selves through empowering online courses, teachings, coaching calls, and live events. She helps ambitious women achieve their goals in business and life by showing them how to live a life of freedom. By teaching the necessary mindset and business strategies, Marley reveals how any woman can live an easeful and abundant life influenced by their passions and deepest desires. So Marley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So I just, you know, today on this episode, we're going to be diving into the topic of manifestation and some of our listeners may be familiar with that I know I talk about it a lot but this is a specific podcast for single moms and you know not all of them may know a lot about manifestation so could you just explain what the word manifestation means Mm. okay yeah that's such a good question so for me I mean there's many different definitions of the word manifestation But for me, the definition of manifestation is to become a vibrational match for what you desire. And when you become a vibrational match for what you desire, you can then attract into your life the things that you desire. So if it's the money, the relationships, um, the career, whatever that is, it's creating that reality from your belief system. Awesome. Okay, that is an excellent, an excellent explanation of manifestation. And so also, so going from there, um, Marley, can you explain how our thoughts and our feelings work together to create our outer reality? Can you just dive into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so our reality is made up, like you said, by our thoughts and beliefs. So the way we can think about it is kind of like, our reality is a TV screen at the movie theater. So our reality is being projected onto the TV screen. And what creates that reality is our thoughts and feelings. So like the film in the projector. So if we want to change what we see in our reality, we have to go and change our belief system. Now, our belief system is all created in our subconscious mind so our subconscious mind creates 95 percent of our life and our conscious mind creates five percent of our life so our subconscious mind was developed between the ages of zero and seven so everything that you heard everything that you saw 
your parents doing, saying, talking about money, career, lifestyle, um, ha- eating habits, all of these things. Between the ages of zero and seven, you took in those beliefs to be true. And whatever you saw, you now believed as your reality. And after the age of seven, the conscious mind kicks in. And that's when you can start consciously and logically, you know, rationalizing and debating and knowing truth. But before that, your brain is literally a sponge. So it can't decipher positive or negative um, or differences. It just takes it in as truth. And so what happened, and I'm just going to use money as an example, because it's something that a lot of people like learning about, um, what you saw your parents share about money or habits or language around money or beliefs around money, you then took that as truth. So now, you know, maybe you're 25, 35, 45, 55, and those beliefs are still your reality because they're still your beliefs. But until you change your beliefs, so until you change the film going into the projector, your reality um, won't change. So in order to change your reality, it starts with changing your beliefs. And I'm sure we'll get into how to do that in a second. But that's really how your thoughts create your reality. Okay, that is really incredible. I love the I love that you talked about how the subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of our reality because that, and we will get into this later, how much of, you know, how when we go about shifting our mindset, it's not just a cognitive thing. It's a subconscious thing because of that truth. So I want to go into your personal journey. How did you first discover that manifestation was even a thing? I feel like this is the story of so many people, but I was in university and I was really struggling. I was struggling with mental health, with, you know, body image, uh, just really depressed, unhappy, anxious. Yeah, just not in a very good place in my life. And my mom was like, you have to watch this movie, The Secret. And I was like, what is this? And it's if you've seen it or read the book, it is a little bit cheesy. But when I read it, it or sorry, when I watched it, it was like everything clicked into place. I was like, oh my gosh, all my life I thought I was just lucky and people always call me lucky, but I realized I had been manifesting and I had actually been creating my reality through my thoughts. And so then I really started to latch on to this learning about manifestation, learning about the subconscious mind, learning about all this, because it just felt there's just something about it that I really was so passionate about and interested in. And so I went down this whole, well, really since that moment, like since that year to now, have never stopped learning, um, integrating, exploring on all things, you know, manifestation, mindset, personal development, really how to create your best life possible. Because since that moment, my life has changed it's done a complete like 180, like a hundred times, it feels like. And now I'm in a fortunate place where I get to teach others like what I've learned from this process and the takeaways that I've learned and the experiences that I've had in my own unique way um, and how I've been able to completely change my life um, through these tools and learning. 
That's awesome. And, you know, you said that sounds like a story that you hear from a lot of people. It's out. It's my story as well. That was my <laughs> first. <laughs> that was my first introduction to the world of what it, I'd never even heard of the word manifestation. But I watched The Secret on Netflix, and it opened a whole new world for me. Also, I know that you're also a friend of Catherine Zinkina, and I listened to. I started listening to Manifestation Bay podcast, and that mm. really got me like like hooked. That really wet my palate for more information and I joined her um, MBA program in August of 2021 and now it has just led to so many massive shifts in my life as well so um, I would also like to ask so from where you first learned about manifestation and you touched on this a little bit in your answer that you just gave me but what was it like from when you first watched The Secret to where you are now like what what was that journey like? So that has been, I want to say, since 2000 and gosh, I mean, I first watched The Secret and I think maybe 2014, 15, Uh but I would say from that moment, I wasn't really... I didn't fully deep dive like the beginning of my journey really started with like actually like healthy eating and fitness and wellness and Uh really because when I first went to university you know I think this is very common but (laughs) it's called freshman 15 when people gain weight when they first go to university and I never really um you know I was fortunate in the sense my parents always gave me really healthy food it was like always felt very healthy in my body but then when I went to university I started eating in the cafeterias and you know drinking I experienced this you know feeling really unhealthy in my body for the first time and so I feel like my first journey was through really healing my body and getting really into health and really into fitness which was a journey on its own and then when I graduated from university I started kind of doing my own thing I started my own business on the side and I really started on a very surface level integrating things like manifestation sorry sorry meditation I started listening to podcasts so in the beginning it was very 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 slow it was it was you know a part of my life but it was it was a very small part of my life I didn't I knew I was passionate about it but I kind of like hid behind closed doors learning about it I wasn't public about it at all it was very slow. Um, and it really wasn't until I would say 2018 that my journey really started. So in 2018, at the beginning of the year, I lost my father to suicide. And that I would say was the beginning of my spiritual journey. That was the beginning where, you know, yes, I've been dabbling in meditation and journaling. And I would say I call it like surface level healing. Like I had made a lot of change in my life and I felt, I started to feel really good and look really good. And like, yeah, I just felt myself again. And I started working on my business part time, but it was that moment when I was almost forced into doing the deeper healing and seeking mentors and guides for support in this grieving process. And I went to therapy for the first time, but I also started Reiki for the first time. So I did kind of like a Western Eastern healing process 
And between the two, that was the beginning of my my journey. And it's kind of interesting now because I feel like what I teach is also a very like Western and Eastern approach in the sense of I teach the strategy, the logic, like the logical side, but also very much the mindset and spiritual side. I think both are important um, and not one is better than the other. And not, it, you like I really feel like you need both. Um and so in the beginning of my journey, that's when I, like the beginning of 2018, I would say, is really when the deeper work and the deeper healing started to come into play into my life. And then once I started to go deep, I couldn't really go back. I was like, okay, because that's when I saw the biggest change, the biggest growth in the smallest amount of time. So through that grieving yeah. process oh, wow. in the same year, I fe- I actually ended up moving and leaving Canada, which is where I'm from. And I moved to Australia and that's when I started working um, and living abroad and starting. That's when I went full time in my business. So 2018 was probably my like, well, not my, I wouldn't say my biggest year, but it was like the biggest year of growth for me. Um, So from the beginning of my journey to now is just a completely different human in every facet. That's incredible. And now you're in Cape Town and yeah, and just doing amazing things on your podcast and in your coaching and with your Instagram, all, all the things. So I'm really, I really like how you were talking about the surface level things that are kind of like our gateway to healing. Like, like you mm-hmm. said, they're not like the fast track and they're not the deep dive. But it's kind of a gentle way to get into the whole shift that you want to experience. So that that's a great segue into what I was just about to ask you. So often we do the affirmations, the journaling, the meditations, we implement new habits. But what we experience is we're just inching along. We're not noticing a lot of difference in our lives. So why does this happen? And I know you had mentioned Reiki and you had mentioned um, therapy and an Eastern Western approach. And are there any other things that you might suggest doing to someone who's experiencing something like this right now? Yes. So with this type of healing, you are only addressing, I want to say like conscious mind. So conscious mind and you are, you are addressing your subconscious mind in journaling and things like this but it's the how do I explain like it's the slow and long way you were still seeing results as I did like in the beginning I really just did journaling and meditation and I did manifest so many things but it wasn't until I started to address the subconscious mind um is when the real transformation happened so if you're not seeing results it's because you're not addressing the thing that controls 95% of your life, which is your subconscious mind. So you're trying to make change with 5% of your mind to try to adjust the thing that controls 95% of your mind, which is the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is the part of your brain that holds your beliefs, your long-term memory, um, your identity. It's really that deep-rooted Um, belief system in your mind so you can't out strategize a poor money mindset or you can't out exercise a poor uh 
mindset around like the beliefs of your health. Um, you can't like the, it will always win. It will always trump whatever you try to do consciously. Um, so when I started addressing the subconscious mind through hypnosis, through time technique, through um, working with mentors, through rapid resolution therapy, I would see instant, like really instant changes in my life um, and completely shift not like every area of my life. So it's the, the I don't want to undermine meditation journaling because that stuff is so important and I do it every day and I love it. Um, but just like a hairdresser can't cut their own hair and a masseuse can't give themselves a massage, it's like for the deeper work, you really need to work with an external source to unblock the blocks. Because if you knew all your blocks, you wouldn't be having your blocks because you'd unblock them. So it takes an external tool, strategy, something like this to go in there and you know, heal and rewire. And this makes sense in every other area of your life. Like if we want to, you know, let's say if we want to lose weight, we go to the gym. If we want to, you know, uh, just we like every other area, we understand that like, if we want a result, we have to make change. And working with a personal trainer works best or following a program works best. It's the exact same thing when it comes to changing your beliefs working with tools that are created to literally heal and rewire your subconscious mind is the fastest way of doing it. Um, and yes, the journaling and meditation does work. I'm not undermining that. It does. But it's going to be more on a longer, slower approach than these other tools that I mentioned. Yes. Yes. I love that. That is that is amazing. And, you know, I, I actually, what you had said about you can't out strategize your approach uh, or you, you can't out strategize a poor money mindset. I heard you say that on your podcast. Like, I think it was like the one you just released this past Monday, I think. Anyway, so I wrote that down and I sent that to someone like I was like, that is so good. And so <laughs> anyone who's listening on here, Marley's podcast is going to be linked in the show notes. All of her social media links are going to be linked in the show notes. Um, I highly recommend you going to follow her. Um, and also, another thing that was in your podcast. So, in a recent episode, not this past one, but someone that you released recently, I'm not sure which one, you were talking about the upper limit problem from the mm. book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And that's also a book that I really love. So, that was something that I wanted to ask you about today. Because I feel like it's relevant to everyone's life. And so so could you tell us what the upper limit problem is and how does the upper limit problem create self-sabotage? Okay, beautiful question. So the upper limit problem is basically what happens when you move outside of your comfort zone. So what I like to refer to as the upper limit is what you believe is comfortable for you so in terms of the amount of money you make the friendships that you attract the relationship that you have the career you have this is the reality that you allow into your life that feels comfortable and safe for you and really for your subconscious mind so the moment that something happens that feels like too good like 
we can think about it as almost like a thermostat. Like you're comfortable at like 32 degrees. And when things get to 37 degrees, what happens is that your subconscious mind kicks in and will cool it back down to 32 degrees because that is your comfort zone. So for example, the perfect example is lottery winners. Lottery winners will randomly win a huge sum of money and almost all of them after a short period of time will lose all the money. So back to what they usually had, or, you know, you get a promotion at work, but you still have the same amount of money in your bank. Like no matter how much you increase your earning by, you still have the same amount of money in your bank, or you attract the same type of boyfriend over and over and over, no matter like if you get a new boyfriend in a new state, in a new country, it's like the same pattern over and over. So it's this idea that you are moving past your your upper limit, your your comfort zone. And when you do that, things cool back down. And so I also, when I first discovered this, was like, wow, 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 wow. It changed my life. I've read the book a couple of times. I love Gay Hendricks. All of his books are phenomenal. Um, and the way and sorry what was your second question it was what is it and then you had another great question um how does it create self-sabotage ah yes okay so the way it creates self-sabotage is that when we get to a place that um is too hot or like too good we will pick fights with friends we will spend our find somewhere to spend our money. We will try to get rid of the good thing because even though consciously you want that, subconsciously your brain is pushing it away to get back to your safety zone. So as an example for me, um, the craziest thing happened. So when I first moved, actually, no, I'll, I'll use an example. When I first moved to Australia, I was in a relationship at the time that was like the best relationship I'd ever been in. I was living in my oceanfront apartment in Bondi Beach, which was like the dream for my whole life. I was earning tens of thousands of dollars a month and I was miserable. <laughs> I was so miserable because my body and my brain could literally not accept this as my reality. Like I, my brain would find every single thing to be miserable about, miserable about because it would refuse to accept that as my reality it was like too good or like too hot and so I would like push it away or this happens all the time in a relationship like everything is going so 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 well and then your brain will be like wait everything's going so well boom time to pick a fight it's like cool things back down and so the way it creates self-sabotage is it happens unconsciously but it's happening for your brain to subconsciously cool yourself back down to your comfort zone oh wow that is that's that's so good that's such a um a deep explanation but a very concise explanation of really how how self-sabotage can happen because of a problem and then you know like i said we all know what self-sabotage is but we we often get stuck in a cycle of it because we don't understand what we're doing and why it's happening so mm. um what are some examples of we were talking about before the the subconscious mind and what a critical role it plays and also the importance of reprogramming your subconscious mind going beyond the conscious mind what are some examples of subconscious programming 
that keep individuals stuck in a state of survival mode and and also what does that look like in daily life Mm. so examples of this are just believing your thoughts so if you were raised in a situation where let's just talk about let's use money as an example So let's say you grew up and the way your parents talked about money and manage money was from a very scarce or fearful perspective. So for example, there's never enough, um, money is hard to make, money doesn't grow on trees, money um, is the root of all evil. You know, we've all heard all of these things growing up. And so the way that that continues is just by believing those thoughts because that's not truth. It's only truth if you let it be true. And so by repeating these thoughts and by continuing to believe them, that's how you continue these feelings of, you know, subconscious reprogramming. And so the way to override those is to become first aware of what are the beliefs in my subconscious that are ruling and creating my reality? Do they serve me? Yes or no. And then three is transcending them and changing them to what you do desire. So I can give you a perfect example. Um, Yesterday I woke up and I had this like anxious feeling and I couldn't place it. I was like, this is weird, but I had slept in and from like old programming, I noticed that I was feeling anxious and feeling already like behind. Um, I like slept until nine and I like my, I usually wake up at like six or six thirty, and I was like, I'm behind, I'm late. And I work for myself. So I'm not behind or late for anyone or anything, but my brain just went into like fight or flight. And then I, uh, on Tuesdays, I play tennis. So I went to tennis and I came home and I just had this thought. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this anxious fear around money. I don't know why. I don't know where it's coming from. Nothing's happened to trigger it. An old version of me would have done something like, oh, I'm just going to work all day, like until 11 p.m. to validate that I'm working hard and that I deserve money. But that's like an old version of me that would do that. And the new version of me understands and knows that money is just energy. It's a currency. And so with this thought, no matter how much I work, I won't attract money. So I need to address the thought first. So I use a tool that I teach inside my program, Higher Self Method, which helps me become aware of the thought and transcend it. So I was journaling and I realized that I had this belief that making money was hard. Like I, because I've changed my business so much at the beginning of this year that I have way, way, way more freedom. And technically yesterday, I really had nothing to technically do. <laughs> and that made me anxious. And without doing, I didn't feel like I was capable of receiving. And so I wrote down like, okay, I feel like I have to struggle for money and I have to work hard for money. And that money, making money isn't easy. And I realized, oh gosh, that is not something I want to believe. Because if I believe that, that becomes my reality. And so I went into a thing called time technique. It's actually something that I am offering on my new app, the higher self app, which is launching next week. I'm so excited. 
um, mm-hmm. which will be literally how you can also in just your on your phone clear all these beliefs. So I literally use what I am about to promote in or sorry launch in my app, um, which is finding the root cause of a limiting belief. So I use that track. And I went back into my timeline of my subconscious mind. And I realized that when I was young, I viewed my parents and watched my parents really struggle for money. They would work so hard. My mom was a pastry chef and my dad was a chef. And my mom would work late, late, late hours. My dad would work late, late, late hours all day, every day. So like work so hard and still there was never enough money. And it, this this program got instilled into me that I have to work very hard for money. And even when I do, there will never be enough. And so I rewrote that story. And how I rewrote that story is, again, using this tool that I use. Um, but what happened is I realized that I was put into that situation to learn what I didn't want to, to discover what I did want, which is discovering how earning money is actually very easy. And it also made me realize that when you follow your joy and your passion, money is a byproduct of that. So I was using a model of my parents who were doing something that they were not passionate about and which in exchange didn't attract money to them, um, which is a completely different story and a completely different model than doing something that you actually thoroughly love to do and you enjoy doing. And that creates the byproduct of money. And this quote came to me, which was, if you want to follow your prosperity, follow your passion. And for me, following my passion has created the most prosperity. And so I was using this like outdated model to create a belief and a reality for something that has nothing to even do with me and my business and how I live my life. And so I was able to rewire it and clear it and had such a breakthrough, had a business idea today that came through, um, which is already like really exciting, really great. So again, when you change your beliefs, you change your perceptions, you change your attitude, you then change your reality. That is so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and and we'll and I'm excited. I've I've heard you talk about your app that's coming out. We'll include um if you um I'll ask your assistant if she could send that link to me when that is live so I can add that to the show notes because I know a lot of people are gonna want to get get on that right here at the beginning. Um, so what is, so in contrast to people who, who feel like they're stuck in survival mode, who are still operating from that old programming, what does it look like to operate from a mental and emotional state of creativity? I feel like when you're in that mental, emotional state of creativity, you are, especially, I'm going to speak as a woman because I am a woman. I can't speak to the male. But we are in our feminine. We are leaning back. We are trusting. We are letting go of the fight or flight and leaning into the rest and digest, which means you are, you know you're safe. You know everything is taken care of. You know, your body feels safe. Your nervous system calms down. It's not in fight or flight. It literally relaxes. And from that energy, you then can tap into your greatest creativity which I also like calling your intuition, your your flow state, your all knowing that that feeling of being connected. Those when you have those random ideas in the shower on a walk, and it's like the biggest breakthrough. That comes from really healing your nervous system, 
and um, stepping into this feeling of trust and surrender and knowing that you are so, so, so taken care of. That is powerful. That is so powerful because that takes it deeper than just mindset. Then you're getting into your body, which is where your subconscious mind is stored. And I think when people, I know for myself, when I really realized that, when I took it to that level, it was like going from surface level to really deep lasting change. And I began to see a lot of things that I was manifesting come into my 3D reality when I really started to pay attention to how I was feeling and am I safe in my body. So that's huge. Yeah. And I think that, that is, I think that's really a powerful message for the listeners of this podcast because single moms, my audience, we've been through some trauma. I mean, I have personally myself, but that doesn't have to be, you can rewrite your story at any point in your life. And, you know, single moms have, I'd say close to 100% of my audience has left an abusive relationship and not necessarily physically abusive, but various forms of abuse. A lot of them have physically abusive and they're navigating this journey of starting a new life with their kids. And, you know, it, it's a big, it's a big deal. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on here because your message is just so powerful for these women who are getting a, a fresh start in their lives, but maybe they don't even realize it yet. I mean, it can feel very overwhelming. So I wanted to ask, um, I want to go back to money for a minute. So a lot of single moms are worried about the rising cost of rent, the cost of survival, and they feel like they're not even able to make it from paycheck to paycheck. They're worried about the state of our economy. Um, what would you say to those single moms? I would, again, I have so much like love and compassion and appreciation for single moms. I think they're freaking superheroes. And I, I would say the biggest advice, because I mean, I've never been a single mom, but I do know it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. And the biggest thing for me was learning and educating myself on money mindset. I think there's obvious this like I mean this can be a new world for so many people, but for the mass vast majority of people, money mindset is like a budget or paying into your four hundred one k or like very three D and logical ways to think about money. But money is energy, and money doesn't know about the economy. Money doesn't know about inflation. Money like that's irrelevant to money, and so when you educate yourself you empower yourself and so my advice is for anyone listening who is struggling in that way is there's so many free resources like you know my podcast being one many other podcasts that talk about money mindset and can educate you on how to heal your money mindset um there's books there's you know my app that's coming out there's so many resources that can help you change your money reality um because again that that energy of you know scarcity you again like i discussed earlier you can't out earn a poor money mindset you just can't and so when you address the root cause when you address the foundation of money which is 
your belief system is your point of attraction around money, that's when everything changes. So no matter how many jobs you get, no matter how many promotions you get, your financial thermostat will only change when you start addressing your belief system. So my step number one is to start to educate yourself and get curious and explore um, what money mindset is and how to heal your money mindset. Um, and again, like I mentioned, there's so many free resources. It doesn't mean joining a course. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything like that. It literally means like starting to listen to podcasts, books, things like this, that will, again, expand you and show you what is possible. Yes. And, you know, you never know what the second step's going to be, you know, but you have to start with the first step. And that's how, I mean, that's how I got started. That's how most people got started. They didn't just dive into a paid resource or hire a coach. I mean, that is something that probably will happen it, once people get deeper into this, but their intuition will guide them to the right coach, the right program for that period in their lives that they that is the exact thing that they need when they set those intentions. But I don't want any listeners to feel when they hear this to automatically feel tense, like, what is this going to cost me? You have to feel mm. safe in your body. You have and, and just start small. And, you know, you're already planting seeds just by making the time to do that work. So I think that's just so powerful. And so what would you say to single moms who are trying to manifest a better life? Like they they believe all this. They're like, OK, I'm there. This sounds this resonates with me, but they're being held back by trauma. What would you say to those single moms? Mm. The thing is, is that I know it's so scary because, I mean, I've been on this healing journey since 2018, but there's still things that I'm like, I don't want to look at that. <laughs> I do not want to look at that. Yeah. Um, but the things that we fear the most on the other side of healing, those things are our biggest breakthroughs to freedom. And so when it comes to the trauma, it's about transcending it and I think the word trauma is interesting because I think there's this huge scary connotation behind trauma that if we open it it's going to be like opening this can of worms that is going to take over our lives and you know control us but especially through my training with rapid resolution therapy you know healing trauma can happen in 60 minutes and you can be free from it. Um, and it can be like, you can be aware that it happened, but it doesn't have to have any hold over you or any, anything like that. Um, and there are tools out there. I would say rapid resolution therapy being the most important one um, that can help you transcend this trauma. So my biggest advice is to say, just don't live with it. Don't settle for a life where you feel like you've gotten used to dealing just living with the trauma because that's not how life is meant to be life is meant to be beautiful and magical and big and abundant and that's your birthright it's not whether you're worthy or not of it or not it's if if you're breathing air you're worthy of it it's there's like the word worthiness is just a made-up construct like you're by being here you're worthy of it and so Facing that and healing that and working through that, um, I promise you, will bring you to greater lives and greater joys than you can ever even imagine. Yes. 
Yes. And, you know, like you, like we just said with the last question, sometimes the first step is the scariest one, but you have to start with that first step. And then you, once you take that step and you realize everything's okay, then you can go on to the next step. And a lot of times any single mom will tell you this, who's gotten out of an abusive relationship. It's a thousand small steps. You can't just decide I'm leaving today. It's, a, it's one decision, but there's a thousand steps that, you know, you, it takes to get you from point A to point B that you have to take one at a time. And then when you get out, it's like you're at the bottom of you're at the top of one ladder at the bottom of another one. And the next one is your healing journey. And I, and I just want to say to all you single moms who are listening, if you were brave enough to get out of an abusive relationship by yourself with your kids, you've got what it takes to embrace healing and navigate that journey. And I know it can feel overwhelming, but, you know, there you go. So, Marley, what manifestation rituals are a part of your daily life right now? Ooh, I love this question. So, right now, I'm really in this new era where I'm really just tapping in every day to, like, what feels good. And I used to be so regimented with them. Like, okay, I wake up and I do this and this and it's, like, very, like, routine and I had it felt like I had to do but there was so much pressure around that. And this year, I'm really letting go of all of that. And I'm really just connecting every day and waking up and saying, like, what would feel good to do? And so most days, that does include meditation, journaling, movement. Um, those are, like, kind of, like, my three. I don't want to say non-negotiables because if I don't feel like doing them, I won't. But I really just connect to what what would feel good to do today? What is my soul calling for? What what would bring me to my highest self today? And so really just sitting and, and when I meditate, it's really it's not guided. It's just 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 sound and just sitting in and really connecting to my energy and and visualizing and manifesting and connecting into the frequencies of like what I'm calling in. And then I love my gratitude journal. So writing down five things that I'm grateful for, five affirmations, five I am statements, um, and again, future self journaling. So writing what I desire as if it's already here. And then if I'm feeling particularly triggered that day or, I, or feeling like there's a heavy energy, I'll do a breath work. And literally, there's if you just Google like Wim Hof beginner breath work, it's on YouTube it's free and it's phenomenal. And so if I'm feeling extra, like, whoa, I'll, I'll tack that on. And that will always put me in a really positive mindset. Um, and then I love my movement. I feel like without movement, my day is not complete. Movement helps me feel my best and it moves energy. It, it, I just always know if I'm feeling off, it's like, okay, I need to move my body. So I've been loving really just like daily walks and I'll do like a low impact Pilates workout and that makes me feel phenomenal that is awesome and basically like I feel like you're definitely someone who's on like the same wavelength that you you and I are basically like very similar in that because that those are my three non-negotiable almost non-negotiables like you said every day so like I do my I do a practice called morning pages which is from the book the artist way by Julia Cameron and it's just starting your day with three pages of journaling. And that has been completely transformative in my life. I haven't missed a day of it in over 100 days. Love doing that. Wow. And yeah, it's been so powerful. It's just conscious stream of thought. And it's just just incredible. 
And meditation is something that I do in snippets throughout the day. And then also, like you said, if I feel like it, you know, I'll sit down and do like a guided meditation from YouTube or from an app that I like or from Joe Dispenza or something like that. Um, I meditate at least a little bit every day. And then also movement, like you said, and, you know, just some yoga or weightlifting or whatever feels good to me just intuitively. And, you know, a lot of single moms are listening to this and they're thinking, how in the world would I have time to do that? Well, I have seven kids and they're young. Like my youngest is two months old. My oldest is 10 years old. And that's the question I get asked all the time is how in the world do you have time to do this? You just decide. You decide what's important to you. And I I think that self-care is so important, especially when you're the one who's being mom and dad to your kids and you're all that they Mm -hmm. have. And you're the one and, you know, you can be and I think mom guilt is also a big, a big thing for a lot of my audience members used to be a big thing for me. It is not anymore. And I think that when you put yourself first, you don't have to apologize for that. You don't have to rationalize that. You don't have to ask anyone's permission for that. And it may, it serves everyone in your life. It serves you. It serves your kids. It serves everyone in your sphere of influence that you're going to touch. And that's what I encourage single moms to do. I encourage them to be selfish because in being selfish in that, I mean, not in a negative way, even, I mean, we need to reframe that conversation, but we have so much to give to the whole world. And I, my mission, like why I'm doing this podcast, why, why I've written my book that's coming out in February is just to change the whole narrative of how society sees single moms, because I believe that we have the power to change the world. We just have to believe that in ourselves and call that, into our reality because we have, I mean, we've got, we've, we're a bunch of badasses. We have what it takes to do this and we have the vision. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's just my, that's just my thing. And I just, I want to encourage any single mom who's listening, who thinks, you know, cause I've been there. I've, I know the train of thought, you know, I know, what, I know I can hear what you're thinking. I mean, not really, but kind of. So like how I, I don't have time to do this or I don't have childcare. Just start where you are and take baby steps and make it normal. And then when it feels normal, you're going to have the confidence and the intuitive guidance to know what your next thing is. So thank you so much for that, Marley. I appreciate that. And this is a question I ask every guest at the end of the podcast. Can you give us one affirmation and one book recommendation? Yes. So my favorite affirmation, and it's like, Actually, wait, I was going to give you one, but I'm going to give you another that I am really tapping into these days. So I have it as a reminder on my phone. Um, So as I let go, I receive more. As I let go, I receive more. And this has been really helpful for me because, again, I've been letting go of a lot of things recently, which have been scary. But it's so beautiful to see the magic that comes through when you let go of things that are no longer in alignment to allow the things that are meant to come through that are aligned to come through and making space for that has been so magical so that is my favorite mantra at the moment and then my favorite book um okay on the topic of money i would say is secrets of a millionaire mind um by t harbeckar it is the best book on money i've ever read and kind of like looping back if you're interested in learning about money mindset that is definitely where you want to start it is life-changing yes I love that book as well and that's a wonderful affirmation I'm definitely gonna 
write that one down so I can use it too. So Marley, thank you so much for being a guest today. How can people, how do you help people and where can we find you on the internet so we can follow you? Beautiful. So thank you so much, Jordan. You were such an incredible host and it's been such a pleasure. Um, you can find me at my podcast, The Money Mindset Manifestation Show, and you can find me everywhere at Marley Rose Harris. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will see you again. Guys, I hope you all follow Marley and we will see you again soon, Marley. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jordan. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If this episode has been impactful and meaningful to you, would you please leave me an honest review on whatever platform you're listening on? These reviews help me to reach even more single moms, and I take the time to read every single one. Thank you, and as always, choose your destiny and live it.